BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, the support seems to be dropping here for the podcast, so let's remind you guys how you can support the show. You can join us on Patreon where you get bonus content, a lot of great discussion going on there, a free, uh, well not free, you know, a paid for because you're paying for Patreon uh, podcast additional podcast that no one gets to hear except the patrons which hits every friday if you do a five dollar pledge a month or more you get a talking metal t-shirt along with that there's video content there's great discussion so check us out on patreon please join steven sailor steve hoker mike jones dan gurwin brad deal patrick schwartzman emma clayton metal dan jerry from long island michael street joe fred roots sam soupy Drake, Matt Carroll, Jay Vaninsky, Jason Seth, Jean-Francois Blas, Ron Keel, James Bennett, Sean Morgan, Mr. David Gray, Kenny McCrimmon, McCrim- right? Uh, Leo from Alaska, Richard Langbridge, Miles Atwood, Anthony Mackey, and Jonathan Turner. Join us there, guys. We want you guys to join us on Patreon. Thank you so much to all you dudes for your continued support. Another way you can support us is to go to TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com and use the Amazon links. These links are good for anyone in the UK, Canada, or the United States. You just got to find your appropriate country. You click through. It's just one additional step. Then you go about doing your shopping on Amazon as you normally would. There's no markup. There's nothing like that. It's just uh, for some weird reason, Amazon wants to throw us a little, uh, a couple cents here and there for anyone who links through our website and buys something. If you're buying a big flat screen TV that, you know, we get a decent kickback. We'll get, we'll get some, some dollars back on that. So the more you spend on Amazon after clicking through our links, the better. And I appreciate that. Of course, you can go old school. Just give me a PayPal donation on the site. Again, TalkingRock.net. You'll see our PayPal tab there. And if you just want to do a one-time T-shirt buy, which a couple of you guys did last week. Thank you for that, guys. Uh, you can also do that using the PayPal. Just tell me your size for the T-shirt, the Talking Metal T-shirt, and your address, and they're 20 bucks. okay? All right, guys, that's it. We got Tobias Forge from Ghost joining us again for the second time this year on Talking Metal. Uh, that's on this episode. We're going to talk about Papa Nil, amongst other things. We got Jason Rockman from Montreal, Canada, from the great band Slaves on Dope. He's on the show, too. We got some unheard music that people have never heard before so stay tuned let's get moving here we go hi i'm mark striegel host and producer of this show since 2005 on this episode we're going to talk some rock some metal and anything else we feel like we're also going to jam some tunes have a drink and share some honest opinions thanks for listening to the talking metal podcast let's get things started this is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land.
A little Sean Baker Orchestra here on Talking Metal. Make sure you support that guy. I love Sean Baker. Uh, let's get into another guy from Michigan, Sean Baker Orchestra. They're, they're from the Sean Baker Orchestra. They're from Michigan. And now we're going to hear a little Void Vader. Uh, Eric Kluber, their guitar player, is from Michigan. And guys, stay tuned for my interview with Tobias Forge from Ghost. This is Void Vader with Monster.
Monster by Void Vader. Great stuff. Good stuff. Uh, brand new Void Vader song, Monster, which is now out on Spotify and all other digital outlets. Void Vader's Stranded EP has been remixed and remastered and will be released by Ripple Music as a full-length LP with two new songs on November 22nd, 2019. So stay tuned for that, guys. All right, and again, Monster was the name of that song. It's by the band Void Vader. Without further ado, let's get into the interview with Tobias Forge from Ghost. Here's a little sound sample of the song Kiss the Go-Goat, and then we will hear from Tobias Forge. I recorded this uh, interview on Friday, Uh, so today is Tuesday, October 4th. First, we are posting this podcast, and again, this was recorded recorded last Friday. So here we go: a little sound sample, a kiss, the go go, go by the seven inch of this uh, in the prequel extended version, and uh, you know, big pack. I want to get it; it's like ninety bucks or something. Amazing. Anyways, Tobias will talk to us about that. Uh, I think. Can't remember. Yeah, we we mentioned that. At least I mentioned it. And uh, all right, I'll shut up. Let's just do this. Buy, go buy, you can also download this on, on iTunes or stream it on Spotify in its entirety. Here we go. Hey, baby. Tobias, it's Mark from Talking Metal. How are you? I am good, thank you. How do you do? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I am totally psyched because today, September 27th, Prequel, the Exalted uh, edition, is now out. And there's lots of cool stuff included with this, like the 7-inch Satanic Panic single. I wanted to confirm with you, the two songs, Kiss the Go-Goat and Mariana Cross. Now, these are both Papa Nil on vocals. Right. Cool. And in the future, do you envision more stuff from the past, from from the uh, the Papa Nil days coming to light? I don't know, actually, <laughs> what the clergy have, has in stored <laughs> or in, 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 in the vaults. I do not know. I just know that... Um, this, you know, uh, was found and, and released, and uh, next next project is making a new record. 
Right on. And that that is in the now or in the future. So that's that's going to be something completely different. Cool. Well, I definitely want to talk to you about that. Actually, why I, I know. You know, I I love the new T-shirt that you guys are selling on this tour. Which again, talking about Papa Nell, he's suddenly in the the front seat of the car, and we see the cardinal in the back seat, and the sister and Papa in the front seat. Is there any symbolism behind that picture? You know, the picture I'm talking about on the T-shirt. Yes, I know the picture that you're talking about. If there is any symbolism, we have there's symbolism in almost everything that we do. Uh, not every single item that we have has some something symbolic, but but a lot of them, a lot of them do. Yeah, and including that one. Okay, cool. Well, um, you know, I love the music, but as a bonus, I love following the the story that you put forth. It's always, it's always uh, fun and exciting. So, looking ahead into twenty twenty. It's been said you're going to be primarily spending time working on a new album. I was wondering where the songwriting process is at this point. At this point, uh, essentially, I, I only have as as of right now the only I only have one song like demoed like that you can listen to from start to finish. Right. Um, because I've I've been touring so much that I, I I just went into the studio like in this summer, just to basically just get my rocks off a little, just to sort of like shit. I I just need to record something in order to feel that I've started, and um, that song was based out of three ideas that I had, and that's. That's usually what it takes for me to sort of go into a studio and 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 start hammering it out. And uh, you know, I I have I don't know maybe fifty to sixty ideas lying around, and uh, which means that if I just invest two or three days on piling together three ideas at a time, that's usually so. I mean, it's, it's almost mathematical. Right. If you could take that, split it into threes, and 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 there, there you have it. That's how many songs I can basically get out of that. Uh, as soon as I start working on my material, I usually uh, it usually goes pretty fast. Um, however, this time around, I've been you know I've been very adamant about folding um, quite a lot of time for the pre-production. Pre-production means. Uh, being in a smaller studio from Monday to Friday, just making songs. Right. Um, and I'm going to do that from January till May. And so it's five months of writing. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you know, I, I guess five months might seem excessive, but the, the, the thing is that I'm also trying to combine uh, this, this is essentially going to happen in, in very near to my home. Uh, I've been touring. I've been either touring or recording out of nine years in a row. And I have two kids and I have a wife, so I need to spend time with them. And, and since this writing is essentially going to be in, in Stockholm or, or very near to my home, so... I, I you know I also have to pace it out with a little break and you know breaks and and, and just you know uh, it's actually back to quite normal working hours you know right. I work Monday to through Friday and and it's like nine o'clock till five o'clock and <laughs> working nine to five right. uh, 
and, uh, you know, normal weekends. But it's also there to, you know, I have a record in mind that needs to be of a certain... I have very high hopes for this record. I have very high demands on this record. And I want to give time, because if there's one thing that I haven't really had before making the other records, none of the other records really, was time. Right. Except for the first record, because that was written... Most of it was actually written between 2006 and 2008, um, where I had all the time in the world. Um, but obviously, debut albums are always different. Right. Uh, I didn't have time, and uh, you know the the essential bit, the the actual recording of the record is basically June 1st until the end of the summer. Um, it just feels good to be able to sort of clear out like time to really sit with the material, make sure it's good and, and make sure that it's, you know, balanced and and obviously we're in a different era now where where um, making this record would be very different from, from making the last record, for example, in terms of outside disturbance. Right on. Way. Right on. And do you envision the people who are currently in your touring band, do you envision them participating in the recording of this next record? Um, no. Right, okay. Um, actually not. And that is for a few very simple reasons. It's that I have never in the history of Ghost ever had, there was never any demands or expectancy for people touring to playing on the records for several reasons one is that I've always had a favorite drummer that I've always wanted that I always want to play on the records who never who's never been in the band he's never been in the touring band wow um, and he and I work very well together he you know he, he's perfect for the studio requirements he does that really well and uh, I have a favorite keyboard player uh, who is extremely good at, at, at translating the things that I want him to play. And at during the writing, I always play everything anyways. So if you start involving people, which I have done from time to time just to be nice, basically, just because I wanted them to give them an incentive, you end up in a situation where you have to tell them to like exactly replicate what I just did just symbolically. Right. And it's like in the in my efforts to try to be nice to people, that has also turned out to be not so cool. So I've learned a lot from that. And besides, if I'm not gonna ask everyone to do their part, then what's the point? I don't want to segregate people. I don't wanna be like favor, you know, this is not nepotism, that this is not, I don't want to favor people. Um, so if I'm not asking everyone, I don't want to ask anyone. Sure. Um, but it's easier to let people do their thing, and, 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 you know, all, basically all the people that are in my band are doing other things. They, they have solo careers, they have other bands, so I want to give them time off or time away from Ghost to do their things. Because I know 
comes 2021 when the new record comes out and there's this 18 months of touring coming up, they will come back having gotten their rocks off. They, they'll be ready for to do my thing. Whereas a lot of other bands where you have that demand to have people in the studio and every, you know, half of the band just sits around waiting for the record to be done. Uh, you're evident, you you know, you end up uh, having a lot of maybe not so good feelings right. when you start a tour. So the touring becomes way more uh, heavy and because you're already tired of each other and you're already at odds about this, that, or the other, or the record didn't come out the way that he or she wanted it. And, and you know, you just, you just fuel a lot of potential negativity into touring. And I am very determined to make records. I don't need necessarily other people to make those records and, except for the ones that I choose myself. And... Um, I am a very, very determined tour artist, and I want the tours to be very good as well. Um, so that's the short answer. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. Hey, I wanted to ask you, you know, I go see you guys every time you're in the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, I'll be seeing you in Trenton, New Jersey on October 25th. But one, one thing I see, you know, I go see Judas Priest. It's all old white guys. I go see Panic at the Disco. It's all, you know, 20 and something chicks. I go see Arcade Fire. It's all 30 something hipsters. With Ghost, I see the metalheads. I see the hipsters. I see the goth girls. I see frat boys. I see old biker dudes. I even see some suburban soccer moms. Why, why is your audience so diverse? Any guesses as to why that is? Um, I think that there is a little bit for anyone in there. Um, and I think that just because the music and also the, the, the style of presentation is embraceive of, of essentially 50 years of, possibly even more, 50 years of, of, of rock and roll, I think you could, I think that as long as it reaches out to those people, it has the tendency to strike, uh, you know, like a chord right within all these different um, uh, clientele um, which is fantastic I think I, I I love that I was in the beginning of our tourings of our tours um, they I mean in 2011 and and uh, 12 essentially or especially when we started touring America and we started headlining a lot I um I was actually a little bit worried when I saw the, the mixture of people because I was, um, and this is naively thought of uh, from, from my end, I guess, because I, I wasn't, I thought when I saw the, the, the diverse, diverseness, the, the, the diversity, diversity in, in the crowd, I was happy, but I was afraid that, you know, uh, one group of people might repel the other right so that the hardcore metal you know vest wearing um you know kick-ass metal fans that they will be deterred by the fact that you know shit they're the hipsters are here or the the you know obviously they won't they won't you know they they, they won't say no to the goth girls right so always <laughs> so better you know that that's that's a, a given but but, but, you know, uh, and, and also since we always had, as soon as we sort of skipped the, the whole, 
we we were always adamant about me and, and me and my um, agent that we were going to play all agent shows, which we've been trying to do for the best of our to our ability. Um, and as soon as the, you know kids started appearing at the shows, we've always been very informative to the crowd. Like you can't fucking slam around a whole lot. You can't stage dive. It's, I mean, one, you're not welcome on the stage anyway. So, but you know, you you have to be mindful. You, there are people out there who are very frail. You cannot be right. fucking. You're not at a Chrome show, right? Um, and you know that that was also like a an, an sort of a, a public relations message that that also I was a little bit worried about. Like, oh, you know, which I'm sure that there were probably a few pedals out there that felt like, oh man, ghost ain't fucking metal anymore. You know, because I can't fucking dive foot first into the ground. Um, sure, okay, fine. If that doesn't make us metal, I'm, I'm all fine with that. But right. you can't fucking headbutt like a 10-year-old. That, that That's not cool. So if that is not metal, uh, then, okay, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but that that has never really changed. Or, I mean, the, 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 the headbutt, the, 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 <laughs> the dives into the crowd changed. But a lot of these people come back and they, they seem to be enjoying it together, which is very heartwarming to see because I really, really want Ghost to be a very embracive, non-segregating band that welcomes um, essentially everyone who who, who are uh, open to the idea of openness. That's Absolutely. the point. We want you to be happy together, right? Right on. Time to wrap up, guys. Um, is there time for one more super quick question or we, that we need to wrap it? You have a minute, literally. Okay. A minute. Hey, hey, just uh, Tobias, on a personal note, my good buddy Watt, a good friend of mine, last Halloween, almost a year ago, released a, a ghost parody, if you will, of Ghostbusters, the theme song, which I thought he did really a great job on that. I was wondering if you got a kick out of that or what you thought of it. Uh, I don't remember this. Uh, actually, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no I problem. mean, I've heard several. I've heard different, different takes of, of and, and the, especially the Ghostbusters sort of, uh, I hate to break it, but I've heard that many times, like different ones. Okay. Uh, right. but I'm, but I'm sure if it came out of like about a year, I, I was probably shown it and I probably liked it. Yeah. I, you I, tweeted I, it I out. So I, we, we thought that you approved of it. Good. So, all right. Very I'm good. Sorry. Oh, uh, you did tweet it out. Uh, at least the official ghost um, Twitter tw- uh, put out a tweet about it. So I thought maybe you were aware of it. But okay, okay, okay. So that might go to show that 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 I am not responsible for the our tweets, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we get like a ton of traffic going coming in and out. So it's like I can't remember every each individual one. But it, uh, but I've seen a few that were really funny, so I'm assuming that that was one of them. Right. So right. thumbs up. <laughs> okay. Right. Very good. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Tobias. And uh, always great to talk with you. I will see you in Trenton on October 25th. Looking forward to it. Have a nice day. You too.
Yeah, the sound of Papa Nil's saxophone right there, guys, on Miasma off of Prequel. Um, Papa Nil rising, right, guys? I mean, it's gotta, that's got to be the case. That's got to be the case. At least that's what I'm thinking. And uh, I guess we'll, as Tobias said, have to consult the clergy to see what's going on, right? So without further ado, let's get right into my next interview. This is with Jason Rockman, a friend of mine from Montreal, Canada. Always treats us so great when we meet up in Montreal and and in New York, too. We we hung out in New York once, too. So Jason's a great guy, and he's a, a radio personality in Montreal, Canada. But he has this great, great band, too, Slaves on Dope. I always love listening to Slaves on Dope. So let's do that right now. This is Electric Kool-Aid from 2016 by Slaves on Dope followed by my interview with Jason Rockman. It's not the dream that I thought I couldn't see. It's just a nightmare that never sets me free. It's not the answer that I've been waiting for. It's just a question Striegel of Talking Metal and calling in my buddy from Montreal, Canada, Jason Rockman from Slaves on Dope. Jason, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm really, really good. 
it was so great. Before we talk about everything that's going on with Slaves on Dope, it was so great hanging out at Heavy Montreal this year with you. Always so much fun up there. And really, it's become, I think, my favorite North American music festival. So good. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we're we're really great grateful and 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 blessed to have a festival like that here in montreal um i mean as you know because i know you follow the metal scene pretty closely um you know we were just named um you know an official metal city in north america i saw that yeah. metal so yeah montreal's always had a great history with um with just loving metal in quebec and you know the province in quebec in particular so to have a festival like that in montreal we're, we're pretty blessed and, and it's great you know because all us metalheads get to hang out for a couple of days together and you know, people that you don't get to usually see all the time. We're all gathered in one area. So, yeah, it's, it, it is a fun weekend. I always tell people, if you've never been to Heavy Montreal, you got to go. Absolutely. It is the best. I love it every year. And, man, I'm listening to these covers you guys released. Covers Volume 2 <laughs> by Slaves on Dope, out today. Uh, actually, last Friday, by the time you listeners are hearing this. Uh, great stuff, man. I mean, let's go through these. I, let's start with, the. I think, my one of my favorites. And... I'm hesitant to say this, but I think I like it better than the original. And I'm going to say Van Halen, I'll wait. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. That's I mean, I, I guess I don't like that. it better than, than the, uh, the original, but it, it's, it's close, man. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole new spin on it here. Can you talk a little bit about it? You know, I'd love to take credit, but, um, a lot of the work for this was done by Kevin. Sure. Um, Kevin, you know, our guitar player who also, you know, records and produces everything and engineers everything. Um, he put a lot of work into this. You know, he just, we picked the songs. Um, we, we kind of picked the songs together. There's a couple that he wanted more than I did. And then we like, like we did with the first covers volume. Um, we just said like, let's just cover some songs we like and let's have some fun with it. And when it came to, you know, the instrumentation and, and the takes on it, um, a lot, you know, all that was, was him and the guys. Um, I, I tried to sing most of those songs as faithfully as I could. Um, but the all weight one was, was really, really, um, interesting. Cause I was like, how are we going to do this? And how is this going to, you know, like we don't really have keyboards and, but he, he made it work, man. And I, and I think it's, I think it sounds great. And it's, yeah, it does. you know, to take on, to take on David Lee Roth is never easy. All those singers on those songs are, are all singers that I really respect. So um, it was it was kind of a bit of a daunting task, especially Van Halen. I was like, man, you know, some of this stuff is is it, it, you know it's Diamond Dave. So you, you kind of want to you want to tread lightly, but at the same time you got to flex a bit and give it your all. So um, I, I had a lot of fun with it, definitely. But I think I think what really makes that song and our take on that song unique is is the way the instrumentation um, is a, is a tad different. Yeah, it's totally kind of reimagined. It gives it a whole new spin, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. I scratched when I first put it on. I was like, wait, is this I'll wait or is this not? I'll, I mean, and then, of course, when the melody kicks in, I was like, oh, yeah, you know. But, yeah, I, I really dug what you guys did with that fun stuff. Um, a lot of great bands on this, too, that you guys cover. I mean, it's diverse. And I, I would think yeah, it, just it really the, is. the little <laughs> really bit is. that I know about you is that musically you are a pretty diverse guy, right? Yeah, I like everything. I mean, um, I, you know, I do work for a rock station. Um, I do rep, you know, a heavy metal festival, but I'm also really into hip hop. I'm, I'm into, you know, R&B. I'm into soul. I'm into uh, folk music. I'm into indie stuff. I, I really love music in general. So it's fun when you get to do stuff on a, on a covers EP and, and throw people for a loop a bit, because I think when, you know, when they hear stuff like Private Eyes by right. Hall and & Oates and, and then, you know, Carol Pope, uh, in rough trade 
you know, High School Confidential. There's a couple of Canadian songs on there that a lot of people might not know from the States, like the Paolas. Right. I was going to um, ask you about the Paolas because I'm not overly familiar with them. Can you talk a little okay, bit so about the, that band? Yes. Yeah. So the Paolas are basically, it was Bob Rock was in a band in Canada called the Paolas. Oh, wow. The producer Bob Rock. Um, he was also in a band called Rock and Hide, but, but the Paolas were basically Bob Rock. Um, and um, there's two guys that, that had this band called the Paolas. They were huge in Canada. And um, that song, Eyes of the Stranger, in the 80s was really, really big, especially on, on the station that I grew up on, Shome, and the one I work at now. Um, so it, it, it's a, it was a really influential song to a lot of us growing up in, in Canada. And when you go back and you listen to the Paolas, you're like, wow, they were so ahead of their time. They were great, great songs. And, and it's funny how Bob Rock ended up going on to being you know, one of the most successful producers in the world. So it was fun to go back and, and, and cover that song. Um, and I actually, when I first posted us singing it, um, recording it in the studio a couple of years back when we started working on it, I, I got a message from Bob Rock's son who saw it on Instagram and he instantly wanted me to send him a copy of the song when it was done because I guess he wanted to try to get it to his cool. dad. Cool, That's awesome. And then, of course, a New York band, Quicksand. I was very happy to see them on the yeah. your version of, of their song on, on the Slaves on Dope covers volume two album. Can you talk a little bit about what song you cover by them and maybe a little bit about the band in general? Well, we co- we covered Phaser, um, um, Quicksand. You know, when Kevin and I started this band, there were a, a few places where musically we kind of um, came together on in terms of like bands we like, a couple of bands that we always we, we always agreed on. Um, one of them was Quicksand, you know, Faith No More, Caius. There, there was there was these bands that we both would would agree, yes, we love these bands exactly equally. But then on other stuff, um, we would don't agree with, you know, we don't agree at all. Like we have completely different views on music. But there were these bands that we both kind of dug, and um, and 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 Quicksand was one of them. I mean, I. I adore Walter. I think he's a, not only is he a nice human being, um, I've gotten a chance to, to talk to him a few times and, and I've had him on my show and he's a really, really nice, nice guy, but he's also to, to me, he's like the post hardcore Paul McCartney. You know, he's, he's one of these guys that's one of these singer songwriter guys that can right. kind of can do whatever he wants to do and has all these projects on the go, but all of them are quality. And, um, yeah. I mean, the, you know, and obviously before, even before Quicksand, I mean, that was kind of a, what what came out of the ashes of all his hardcore stuff. So it was it was fun for us to go back and, and revisit a song from Slip because that record meant so much to us when our band first formed. And um, and I've always liked that song, always yeah. liked that song. And, and I think the nicest thing was when we sent it to Walter, he really said, wow, this is great. Cool. Um, and that's going to be the first video we're going to do for, for the EPs that um, is, is Phaser. We're going to do a performance video for that. Nice. And the band that I just adore, I know, I know you do too. You mentioned them just a, a minute ago, Caius, Green Machine oh, by yeah. Caius. Great <laughs> yeah. version of that yeah. one too. And that, I mean, some of these these covers, I mean, it's bold for you guys to try them because, I mean, yeah. I, honestly, yeah. you could fall flat on your face. I don't think you do. I think you succeed with all of them. They're all rocking, but I love this Green Machine cover. How did the idea to do uh, Green Machine come about? Just our love for Caius. Yeah. And, um, and I've always loved John Garcia and... Uh, He's such an incredible vocalist. And unique sound again, to his voice too, you know. Yeah, man, really, really unique, and and just um, just a ballsy singer, you know, and a real rock singer. And it's funny that I I never knew this, but his biggest influence is Ian Asbury from the Cult. And um, 
and I get it now. I mean, when I, when I hear him and I hear how he approaches vocals, I'm like, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But he's, I, I, I you know, I, I love Kaya so, so much. And, and I got to see, you know, I've seen John many times in his other projects, but I got to see that Caius Lives tour when it came through. And then when they, yeah, I saw it twice actually. Time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so good. Saying, I saw it in New York came, and New Jersey. Yeah, well, well, when they came through the second time and they had to be Vistachino because they weren't allowed to be called Caius Lives anymore. I, I saw right. that as well. And, um, I just every time I get to see John sing, it just blows me away, blows me away. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, Caius is not an easy band to cover. And, uh, but we really, really wanted to do it. And um, I think that was one of the ones, I think that and Phaser were my favorites to do. Um, they were like no brainers for me. And, and I've been singing those songs for so long, just as a fan along in my car, or, you know, if I'm listening to it on, on, you know, on a, on a Walkman or I say a Walkman, man, I'm dating myself. If I'm listening <laughs> to it on headphones, I, there's, there's songs I would always sing along to. So those were kind of no brainers for us. Right on, right on. And it's been a number of years at this point since Horse, the last album of original material by Slaves on Dope. Mm. Are you and Kevin thinking about new original material at this point, or is that not in the yeah. cards? We we really do want to make um, another record, and and I think the way we because because Kevin and I, you know, we're we're best friends. We live really close to each other. Like he lives two blocks away from me. Um, we see each other all the time. We talk all the time. But a lot of the times we chat mostly about other stuff besides music because both of us are so, so busy. Um, you know, he's producing bands, he's working nonstop in his studio. And I've got, you know, as you know, I've got a thousand other things on the go. So Slaves on Dope tends to take a bit of a backseat sometimes for us. Um, but next year is the 20th anniversary of Inches from the Mainline. So, you know, that was the record that pretty much, I would I don't want to say put us on the map, but in, at least in America, I mean, it was the first record that, people in the U S really knew from us. And it was the one that we did on Sharon and Ozzy's label. So we're definitely going to be re-releasing that record on vinyl. Um, and there is talk of maybe doing some anniversary shows for that record, which, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of going and rehashing records and, and, you know, I, I like always the idea of moving forward, but you know, there are people that really, really like that album. So I think we might do some stuff with that record next year. And has um, that, was that ever re- released on vi- a vinyl before? Or will this be never, the first time? Never, yeah, never, right. never. It, it, it only got up online um, last year or the year before. So it, it hadn't been up on um, even streaming yet. So, because that record came out in 2000 and it was kind of on the cusp of, you know, the, the music industry just falling apart. So it was, you know, Napster, that was the year of Napster. It was the year that everything kind of changed was 2000. So um, the record's up. It's the record that gets the most streams. It's the, all the songs, you know, people's people, kids, kids that were, you know, that are in their thirties now, that was their high school angry record. Sure. You know? sure. <laughs> so I get, I get why a lot of people have a, a an attachment to that album. So we're, we're definitely gonna do something for that next year. And, um, and yeah, we've got, we've got, I think six or seven songs left over from horse or eight that we want to do some stuff with and maybe write a few more. Um, it's, it's too bad too. Cause with horse, it really came out at a weird time. We were both um, in the middle of doing a, a lot of other stuff. Um, we, we didn't really commit to touring. We didn't do any touring for that record. I think we did two shows. Um, so we kind of shot ourselves in the foot, which is really unfortunate because I, I really do feel it's, it's a solid record. 
and um, I think we did some good stuff with that album. In terms, yeah, I mean, there was some really good stuff on there, and we did impressive guest stars on that record too. Remind me, uh, the Mastodon, who from Mastodon? Mastodon, who had Bill? Yeah, right. uh, right. A good buddy of mine was played guitar on that. We had um, HR from Bad Brains. We had DMC on that record. Right on. Um, So we had we had a lot of really cool guests on that album, and we have a video that's half done with Bill um, that we're going to put out probably next year. So we do have oh, a wow. couple of things left cool. from horse, but I, uh, yeah, they, I mean, inches is never, we've never put out anything on vinyl besides the, you know, that song that we did with DMC and, and Chuck D, which is on DMC's EP, but we've never really done slaves on dope records, um, per se, like on, on vinyl. So we're excited to put inches out on, on vinyl for sure. Cool. And just a general question. I, I don't I think I read that now vinyl is selling just as much as CDs and yeah, could just, even be just, selling just, more, right? It, it, well, I think CDs have really just kind of taken a, a nosedive and um, vinyl is the, I think vinyl is the last physical format that's left that people are really going to buy into, which is amazing considered that, it, you know, considering it was completely dead 20 years ago almost, right. except for audiophiles. You know, if you're an audiophile or you're a, a collector, you you know, they made limited batches of vinyl, but now vinyl is kind of making a comeback, and it just shows you the, the the power of the of the ritual. You know, people still love that. People that discover it love that ritual of taking it out of the, of the packaging, putting it on a turntable, and I, you know, there's this there's a convenience to streaming. There's there's the nice part of like having less around you and 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 not being cluttered with stuff. But people do love their stuff, and people do love something that's tangible and. And records are, are that, you know, so I think the combination of always said this, you know, the combination of having a streaming library and then a physical library of vinyl is, is pretty much the perfect thing for, for any music fan. Right. And such different sounds that they, they get, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's refreshing to hear that vinyl. And it, it is absolutely a different sound, you know, and, and it's a different experience completely. And I, I really like um, I like vinyl. I really do. I mean, I have a big vinyl collection. and I, I love I love putting a record on. I mean, it's more work, especially if you have, a, you know, a double LP album. You know, you've got four sides to flip. It's it can be a bit of a pain sometimes, but it's worth it. Yeah, you know, it's That's interesting. I, I got um, I got the last Ghost record pre prequel on cassette. Mm-hmm. They they did a cassette yeah. run of that, and I pulled out the old Walkman, which still worked, and was was listening to that. And that too was a very different. Mm-hmm. you know i what's the word sonic experience than than vinyl or digital you know or the the yeah. streaming stuff so so it's it's definitely you get different sounds with different different formats yeah i have i have a few uh, of these re-released cassettes that i've gotten um you know over the years from working at the station and stuff or bands of brooklyn and um cassette isn't a, a format that I really would ever want to go back right. to because I remember when they would snap or they would come on or they would, you know, they, the spool would come out and, um, they, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with, with skipping over cassettes, but they are cool. Right. Um, speaking of that prequel record, have you, have you seen that box set that's coming out? Yeah. I think it's out today actually with seven inches yeah. of uh, satanic panic on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know you're a big ghost fan too. So, um, yeah, I'm very curious about the whole thing. I mean, this guy Papa Nil is is now uh, emerging from the the shadows and seems to be a, a prominent character in the story. I love the whole story that they have going on. So do with I. The, the I, cardinal you know, and the I, sister and all this. 
I bought into that from the beginning and um and I think it's what it's exactly what we needed in music and and I I kind of bummed me out when people you know wanted to um wanted to out Tobias and and kind of you know he had to kind of drop the shtick and have the two personas and I like the mystery. I mean, I remember one of the first times I I interviewed uh I interviewed a, a nameless ghoul and everyone was telling me that really you know we're on the in the know you interviewed tobias that was him and they were you know they were showing me pictures and the wedding ring and they were showing look his hands are the same as they are when right. he's on stage as as papa and i loved all that you know yeah yeah and now you interview him and it's like he's he's just tobias and it's still cool <laughs> yeah but you you know it's the same thing with slipknot when we didn't know who they were um under the mask it's so much fun Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jason, it's always great talking rock with you. And yeah, anytime you're welcome back yeah, here on I, Talking Metal. Thank you, man. And I really appreciate the support. And um, uh, hopefully we'll get out to the U.S. soon. Yeah, please. If you're ever down in New York, uh, let me know. I'd love to hang out. You, we had lunch with your, your wife when we were up there at Heavy Montreal, and she was she was yeah. awesome. So please say hello to her from myself and Emily. Absolutely, man. All right. Green Machine by Slaves on Dope. 
the covers album, the second covers album by Slaves on Dope, or EP, I guess I'd call it, is out now. So go download that, like I did, on iTunes. All right, guys? And this is a little treat of a song no one's heard before. This is my friend Rob Dukes, the former vocalist of Exodus, and also the current vocalist of Generation Kill, uh, doing Simple Man, the Skinnered classic. And I have to admit, this isn't what I was expecting. And it is phenomenal. Rob kills this. Uh, you know, it sticks pretty close to the 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 actual Skinnered version, but, you know, strays a little bit here and there. I, I love it. I love it. Rob, great job on this. A great song by the band Leonard Skinner performed by Rob Dukes and his buddies. Here we go. Simple Man.
Simple Man by Dukes here on Talking Metal. Let's debut the brand new Vessel of Light. This is Meat and Bone here on Talking Metal. This band, of course, features Ron Lipnicki on the drums. And Ron has played with Overkill. I don't know if Ron's on the album or he just does the... uh, I think he is on the album. Or he just does the live shows. Dan Lorenzo on the guitar. Nathan Opposition on the vocals. Here we go. Right here. Brand new. World premiere. Vessel of Light. Meat and Bone. Of light here on Talking Metal. 
Let's see the press release. It says, about three years ago, Dan Lorenzo, founding member of Hades and Nonfiction, first came upon the ancient wisdom video for the song The Opposition. Lorenzo became obsessed with this song and reached out to ancient wisdom's Nathan Opposition. The duo, duo eventually decided to work on writing new music together, and Lorenzo drove to Cleveland to have what would be... To have... To have what would become the first ever ever Vessel of Light rehearsal. A month later, Lorenzo was back in Cleveland, and he and Opposition recorded seven songs in one day. Those recordings became the first Vessel of Light EP. And anyways, they've released a bunch of stuff since then, and there is new music on the on the way. Uh, they recently played a few shows in New Jersey and and one in Brooklyn. So uh, there you go, Vessel of Light. The first single off the new album, their third recording, is Meat and Bone. And you just heard that one. Not Meat and Bones, Meat and Bone. Don't be fooled by the song's title. The band and the song have some twists and unexpected turns beyond the double meeting of the title. Uh, Okay, there you go. Twists and turns. All right, so that's going to do it. Um... Well, actually, no, because let's uh, let's do this. I, I mentioned this to Tobias in the interview. My friend had done um, the Ghostbusters theme song done in the style of Ghost. And I assume Tobias knew what I was talking about since he had tweeted about it. But as it turns out, he doesn't run his his Twitter account. So uh, he seemed to not know what the hell I was talking about. But Tobias, if you're listening, this is my friend Watt White from Maplewood, New Jersey, doing a, a real fun cover of the Ghostbusters theme song, even a little nod to the Ghostbusters 2 theme song in here. <laughs> and he does it in the style of you, in the style of Ghost, and I think he did a great job with this. So here we go. Uh, little, uh, We're in October now, right? Halloween. So to get ready for Halloween, here's a little fake ghost doing the Ghostbusters theme song not not the real band ghost but <laughs> my friend Watt here we go to take us out guys check it out Ghostbusters theme song Ghostbusters 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 There's something strange in your neighborhood gonna come. Ghostbusters. Here's something weird and don't look good. Who can you come? Ghostbusters. Ha! I ain't afraid of no ghost. No. I ain't afraid of no ghost. An invisible man sleeping in your bed. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. I don't know. And Lucifer's voice running through your head. Who can you call? Ghostbusters. That's right. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. They, uh, they do nothing for me. 
not scared at all. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. Ghostbusters 2 by Bobby Brown. Underrated, if you ask me. Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Anyone come to mind? Ghostbusters. Let me see. Ghostbusters. Oh, I know. How about Satan? Ghostbusters. No, seriously, give me my call. Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? Anyways, to sum up, Satan. Boo! They're just kidding.